Chapter 5 of My Experiences as an Executioner by James Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter 5 My Method of Execution The Proceedings the hour fixed for executions is eight a m in all the prisons except wandsworth and lincoln where it is nine a m of course the scaffold and rope are arranged and the drop decided beforehand i calculate for three minutes to be occupied from the time of entering the condemned cell to the finish of life's great tragedy for the doomed man so i enter the cell punctually at three minutes to eight in order that my action in hanging a man may be legal it is necessary that i should have what is known as an authority to hang which is drawn up and signed by the sheriff and handed to me a few minutes before the time for the execution its form varies a good deal in some cases it is a long wordy document full of the wherefores and whatsoevers in which the law delights but usually it is a simple official-looking form engrossed by the jail clerk and running somewhat as follows to james berry i blank of blank in the county of blank esquire sheriff of the said county of blank do hereby author you to hang a blank b blank who now lies under sentence of death in her majesty's prison at blank dated this blank day of blank 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 sheriff this is folded in three and endorsed outside r e a blank b blank authority to hang blank blank sheriff blankshire when we enter the condemned cell the chaplain is already there and has been for some time two attendants who have watched through the convict's last nights on earth are also present at my appearance the convict takes leave of his attendants to whom he generally gives some little token or keepsake and i at once proceed to pinion his arms as soon as the pinioning is done a procession is formed generally in the following order chief warder the chaplain and convict surrounded by four more warders the executioner two principal warders followed by two warders governor and sheriff two wand bearers jail surgeon and attendant in some few cases where the prisoner has not confessed before the time for the execution i have approached him in the cell in a kindly manner asking him as it can make no difference to his fate to confess the justice of the sentence in order that i may feel sure that i am not hanging an innocent person in most cases they have done so either in the cell or at the last moment on the scaffold of course the confidences reposed in me at such moments i have never divulged and it would be most improper to do so but i am at liberty to state that of all the people i have executed only two or three have died without fully and freely confessing their guilt on the way from the cell to the scaffold the chaplain reads the service for the burial of the dead and as the procession moves i place the white cap upon the head of the convict just as we reach the scaffold i pull the cap over his eyes 
Then I placed the convict under the beam, pinioned the legs just below the knees with a strap similar to the one used for the elbows, adjust the rope, pull the bolt and the trap falls. Death is instantaneous, but the body is left hanging for an hour and is then lowered into a coffin, made in the prison and carried to the mortuary to await the inquest. The inquest usually takes place at ten o'clock, but in some places it is held at noon. After the inquest, the body is surrounded by quicklime and buried in the prison grounds. In the carrying out of the last penalty of the law, everything is conducted with decorum and solemnity, and so far as I can see, there is no way in which the arrangements at an execution can be improved, unless it is in regard to the admission of reporters. In years gone by, a large number of reporters were often admitted, some of them with probably little or no real connection with the papers they professed to represent. Occasionally, also, there would be one or two feather-brained juniors who seemed to have no proper idea of the solemnity of a death scene and whose conduct was hardly such as serious persons could approve. The result has been that in many prisons the admission of press representatives has been very rigidly curtailed, and in some cases admission has been absolutely refused. It seems to me that the admittance of a large number of spectators and the absolute refusal to admit any are alike mistakes. I speak in this matter as a man whose own work comes under the criticism of the press, and although so far as I am personally concerned, I am perfectly satisfied if I can satisfy the governor or high sheriff, I know that there is a large section of the public that thinks the exclusion of the reporters must mean that there is something going on which there is a desire to hush up. I am a servant of the public, as also are the sheriffs, the governor and the other officials connected with an execution, and the public, through its representatives on the press, ought to have some assurance that the details in each execution are carried out decently and in order. The presence or absence of the press, of course, makes no difference in the conduct of the execution, but it makes a good deal of difference to a certain section of the public. If the governor of the jail or the sheriff were to give three admissions for each execution, with the understanding that any representative suspected of not being bona fide would be refused admission even if he presented his ticket, I think that every real objection would be met. After the execution is over, the fact that the sentence of the law has been carried out is announced to the public by a notice fixed to the door of the prison. The form of this notice varies somewhat, but I append one of which I happen to have a copy. County of Oxford. Execution of Charles Smith for murder. The Capital Punishment Amendment Act 1868. Copies are subjoined of the official declaration that judgment of death has been executed and the surgeon's certificate of the death of Charles Smith. Thomas M. Davenport, under sheriff of the county of oxford ninth may eighteen eighty seven official declaration we the undersigned do hereby declare that judgment of death was this day in our presence executed on charles smith within the walls of her majesty's prison at oxford dated this ninth day of may one thousand eight hundred and eighty seven 
Thomas M. Davenport, Undersheriff of Oxfordshire. H.B. Isaacson, Governor of the Prison. J.K. Newton, Chaplain of the Prison. J. Riordan, Chief Warder of the Prison. Henry Ives, Sheriff's Officer. Thomas W.N. Austin, Reporter, Oxford Journal. Robert Brazies, Reporter, Oxford Chronicle. Joseph Henry Warner, Reporter, Oxford Times. J. Lansbury, Warder. Surgical Certificate. I, Henry Banks Spencer, the surgeon of Her Majesty's Prison at Oxford, hereby certify that I this day examined the body of Charles Smith, on whom judgment of death was this day executed in the said prison, and that on such examination I found that the said Charles Smith was dead. Dated this ninth day of May, 1887. Henry B. Spencer, surgeon of the prison. End of chapter 5 Recording by Ashley Jane